This episode is brought to you by the Geek Therapy Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content. To become a patron, visit geektherapy.com slash Patreon. Welcome to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are a gaming and psychology show. My name is Osoy Cardona with Kelly Dunlap. Kelly, um, you told me that Twitch streaming and, and mental health has been on your mind lately. It's been on my mind as well. So so uh, get us started. What, what are we talking about today? So there's been a couple articles that have come out in about the, the last month or so that has focused on the, the mental health aspects that surround Twitch streaming. And so when you and I were talking about this, we, we both came at it from very different points of view. I uh, have been really interested in the mental health uh, demands of streaming because I feel like it's one of those things that is really easy to kind of poo-poo to say, oh, you're you're broadcasting in front of an audience, you know, poor baby, how stressful for you. But there's a a lot of anecdotal evidence that being a streamer, especially one with a fan base can be incredibly stressful and emotionally and physically taxing. And I started to do some research, but was cut short because there is no research. And I was like, man, I can't believe this is an area that hasn't been looked into. Like there's a, there's a bunch of gaming articles about it. And I know Twitch has done really well in 2016 and 2017. They had a, a panel for streamers to talk about their mental health. But there was no mental health expert on that panel. It was just streamers talking about their experiences, which is which is good. Like I'm glad they're out there because it helps to destigmatize mental illness. It normalizes it. It lets people know that it's okay to not be okay. Uh, but at the same time, you know why why aren't mental health professionals looking at this? Why aren't we doing research? Why aren't we talking to people who are, you know, going through something that is. Uh, really, really stressful at times. So that's kind of what, what I was thinking about. And um, so when I talked to you, you kind of had a, a different take. Yeah, well, I've been thinking about it from the perspective of, um, you know, as, as Geek Therapy, we started streaming a couple months ago. And just, you know, like one stream a week is kind of what we've been doing. And we've we've got a team going. And so I, I've been thinking about it, not in the terms of how it's stressful for us, because we have multiple people, we're not doing it to, to earn an income, we're doing it kind of as, as an extension of the brand, hopefully providing some sort of value. But for the most part, I was worried about the anything that we could encounter possibly on the stream and how to handle it responsibly regarding mental health. Because if we're inviting people to come in and say, hey, we're a, a brand that's all about mental health and psychology, we want you to come in and feel comfortable about asking questions and maybe learn something, there we're we're bound to get um, you know, questions that might be related to maybe somebody in crisis or someone who's suicidal. And, you know, how do you handle that? And a few a few episodes ago, I interviewed my friend uh, Jonathan, right? He's a disabled vet and he started streaming. He started watching streams to kind of connect with other people. You don't want to feel, uh, you know, you want to deal with that, that feeling of isolation. And then he started streaming himself to kind of reach out to other people also. And I asked him, like, have you ever had, you know, something, a serious issue come up that you had to handle on the stream that anybody, you know, have suicidal ideation or anything like that? And he, you know, he said, no, you know, he's like, he's been fortunate and nothing like that has happened. But uh, bigger, way bigger channels with, you know, hundreds and thousands of, of, of viewers, they they have dealt with things like that. And and it was interesting that there was a Kotaku article recently that 
address how how Twitch seems to to handle that sort of thing and and what role they have to play. So that's the perspective I was coming at, and and I think that on both sides there isn't. I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised, right? I mean, we talk about how bad the the gaming uh, research has been, even though gaming has been around for decades now. We're we're st- we still see bad research all the time, and and it's still hard to come to any real conclusions with uh, science backing it up. So I'm not surprised that with something much newer like streaming, especially, you know, it wasn't until the the latest consoles right with the ps4 and the xbox one where it was so simple to stream that you had way 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 more people streaming i think that maybe maybe in the past two to three years there's been kind of an explosion of of people becoming streamers themselves and and having to deal with that so so i'm not so surprised that there isn't um the 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 research there so like where, where do you think it should start where do you think What's the biggest area where where we need some research? I, I think the lowest hanging fruit is starting with the viewers, just because you could go into a Twitch stream or pull uh, log files from these streams and assess them for any kind of mental health representations. Uh, you, uh, There's been some articles about streamers talking about people coming into their streams so that, that they could talk about these things. Uh, there was one article I read where the, the person just doles out mental health advice on the stream. They're not a mental health professional at all. I have no training. They're just a streamer <sighs> that has an audience. Yeah. And on, on one hand, that is truly terrifying uh, for me as a mental health professional that someone with no training is just handing out advice. On the other hand, I am glad that the person who is asking for it asked like I'm, I'm glad they went someplace. I'm glad they felt they had a place to go where they could share those feelings and thoughts and concerns rather than keep them like hidden and inside. So I, I think it's a a very fine balancing act. But yeah, so for starters, I think well, I mean, there's two two different paths. I think that you can start at both of them, but you need to pick one. So either one, focus on the people who watch streams, either by going into streams yourself. And just kind of observing what happens in the chat logs, uh, obtaining the chat logs from uh, people with a high viewer count. I'm sure they'd be happy to do that uh, if, they, if they know it's for science. And the other way would be doing kind of, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Anthropological uh, dives with individual streamers. So this is what I was conceptualizing that if I had, you know, money and time, <laughs> two things I don't have, I would love to sit down with a bunch of uh, of streamers and talk to them about, you know, what is it what is it like to have an audience and to feel like you owe people your time and to be, uh, you know, be on and be this this public figure on the internet. And so I, I still I still might do that. Uh, I think it's super interesting. And I've got a couple people who uh, I, I know are interested in helping in terms of offering their perspectives. And so if you're listening and you're a streamer and you want to share, uh, feel free to contact me because it might be slow going, but I, I definitely think this is research that, that needs to be done. I think there, there's different parts to it. And and I think the, the easiest one to understand perhaps is the the pressure that can come from, for example, I've I've heard of streamers who are passing out on a stream because they're streaming for so many hours, right? And if you're trying to make, there's a difference between streaming being your job versus trying to make it your job. I don't know. There's, there's different reasons why you would stream. So there's a, the physical component of it is there's different things that could be going on. 
Yeah, so that's one of my my main concerns about how how are people streaming and and why they're streaming and if there is a problem, you know, immediately I go to well, you know, how how can I help? How can we figure out a a way to do this in a more um, healthy way? But then. And and that's that's one part of it. But the the other part is people who like okay, they're in it. This is what they do. They, this is this is their job, and they have a huge audience, right? This is what they do now, um, you know, as a as a as a job. And and with that comes a lot of stuff, right? Being being a public figure, um, the toxicity uh, in the gaming community, and and that ranges from everything from you know harassment to swatting to uh, so many other things, right? And fears that that can come that can come from that. So I, I kind of separate those those two because I think even though there there's definitely overlap or there can be, um, I think they're they're kind of two separate problems. Like, do you see do you see it the same way? Do you see more or less areas? I mean, if we're focusing on on the streamers themselves, I think that the notoriety is definitely a big part of it, and the. I think one thing I might disagree on, and I, I could be totally wrong. Um, I am not a professional streamer. It is not my job. So I, I understand this might be out of my competency. But I feel like if it's your job, there's actually less pressure because you – I mean, there's there's going to be pressure to perform just like in, in any job. But, you know, if, if it's – you're not worried about where – the money is coming from, you know, if you're employed by Twitch to stream, or if you're employed by Mixer to stream, I feel like that is a lot less stressful as opposed to somebody who is trying to make their livelihood off of live streaming. I mean, basically, you're you showing up is putting bread on your table, so to speak. And I think it's maybe even the hardest for people who don't have large fan bases. And you know, there's some really popular streamers. Um, for example, uh, Man vs. Game is a really, really popular streamer, and he was very open about struggling with depression, and he took like a month off. He just didn't stream for a month so that he could focus on himself and take care of himself, and he got a huge outpouring of support from his community. And there's a couple other examples of uh, other other streamers that have done similar things, that have large established fan bases and have been really honest about their personal struggles, whether they're mental health or personal or whatever else might be going on with their lives. I know one guy uh, was getting a divorce and was sharing what that was like with his, his fan base. 99% of the time, they're super, super supportive. And so they, they get this time, this space um, they need if they take it, usually. The thing that, that worries me are people who don't necessarily have that kind of security where they are struggling to make a name for themselves, they're struggling to have a consistent schedule that they keep because that is a key way to grow an audience. And when you're first starting out or even in like the mid levels, if you miss a stream or if you're, you know, you can have a serious hit that you might not recover from. I remember when we were setting up Griffball Hub's streaming strategy, the the wisdom of the streaming community was ABS, which stood for always be streaming. And so there's this idea that if you want to grow an audience, you have to always be on or at least as on as much as you can be and have a set schedule and keep to that schedule. Because if people show up and you're not there, there's a lot of other content out there. And so if you don't already have an established brand, it can be really, really stressful. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean, the, the two different versions, right? And I agree. If if it's like I said, if it's your, if you are, if you do have a contract or you have sponsors or something like the money's coming in, right? There isn't as much pressure, right? Like you might have, if if you're, if you have a huge follower uh, base and and you're making money, 
you probably have like a set, set schedule already, right? You can plan around it. Like your your life isn't as chaotic. And and I guess there is a little overlap in the middle of someone who is growing their stream and making some money but not making enough. And then there's people who, you know, that idea of always be streaming is if you're one person, that doesn't sound very um, sustainable, right? And and uh, we've heard many stories of people who who just are, are overexerting themselves, right? And going too far. That's kind of where the, the physical, um, potential physical problems come through. And then definitely it, it takes a mental toll. Also, it's hard, you know? I, and that's if everything is going well. <laughs> like, imagine if things aren't going well. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that, yeah, <laughs> in an ideal world, you're maybe streaming uh, too many hours and maybe not getting enough sleep or enough exercise, but you know, your your viewership is uh, really positive and you're having no technical problems and and money is coming in. Yeah, that's not many people have that experience. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of the difference between um, like a startup business and an established business. You know, if you ever listen to the startup podcast or anything that talks about, you know, what it takes to get a company or a brand off the ground, you know, you're talking like 80, 90 hour a week weeks and that's just expected. That's just part of the culture. And I think that's compounded because game culture tends to be very instant gratification. I I want it now and I want it my way. And that's kind of the game base in general. And so you're you're merging these two things together as opposed to an established brand, you know, where you you're you're not working eighty to ninety hours a week, or you can you can step back a little bit. Um, and I'm I'm sure there's plenty of parallels, and because it is, if you're if you're streaming and you're trying to survive off of that, you are establishing a business, you are creating a brand, and you're just doing it in one of the most uh, crowded, ruthless places uh, that you could you could do it. The internet. Any sort of content creation is is just it's hard to break through, right? So it, it takes a lot of work. Um, I can give you an example of like with with Geek Therapy and the, and the network. One thing that I'm I've been doing, and I've done I've did it once in the past, and I'm doing it currently right now as we're recording. Is that I'm using a service that allows me to um, post on social media way more than I ever possibly could on my own, right? I'm the only one who really handles the the accounts, so uh, I noticed. I can, yeah, yeah, and I've so, noticed a lot of psych tech and headshots and geek therapy network in my right. in my Twitter feed. Yes, right, and then so someone like you who maybe follows, you know, like you're you're really paying close attention to that. Um, you see that some of those posts are repeating, right, and some of them are, are older posts. But the they I've had to in, increase the their recurrence, right? And and how often they're posted throughout the day because you want to reach new people, right? And that's kind of the, the same idea behind the always be streaming, right? If if I feel like like hopping onto Twitch at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday and then the next day, like Thursday at 7 a.m., I'm probably going to find different streamers, not the same person. And so by by taking a social media strategy like like what we've been doing, it, the idea, right? And I remember I remember the first time I tried this, a friend of mine was like, yeah, man, I keep seeing the same posts. And I'm like, yeah, but any that's why companies do that, right? Companies repeat the same posts because uh, the way social media works, it's so fast and you're competing with so many different things. You never know who's going to be there at what time. So you kind of take that risk, right? And in in streaming, it like the content always has to be new, right? Because people want to see you live. And that's really, really hard because even though you can archive a Twitch stream, how many people are really going back to see the archive? They want to be there and they want to be in the chat. They want to interact with you and the community. So it's it's hard. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that pressure people are putting them um 
it's like you're putting you're putting all this pressure on yourself because you have this goal in mind and and it's it's hard to achieve and i think part of the stress also comes from a perception that it's easy to do that oh you'll just sit down you turn on your camera and you just play games like there's this real kind of um devaluation as someone who had a regular streaming schedule for like three years, and it was only once or twice a week, so not even nearly as intensive as, as these professional and semi-professional streamers, it is so much work. Like, I just want to validate anybody who's streaming. I mean, you, the, the, there's always a technical problem. You know, even if you've been running the same rig for forever, you're always going to have some kind of technical issue somewhere along the line, and that's incredibly stressful. And then there is the, you know, being on camera and having kind of that presence that you are on camera, you know, don't pick your nose or, you know, things kind of like that. You need, there, there is kind of a persona you, you bring to it. And I think this is probably more for the ladies than for the dudes, although I'm sure it's the dudes to some extent. Um, but I remember feeling a lot of pressure when I was streaming to look nice. So, you know, make sure that my hair was like, combed and and like actually put together and uh, I wear makeup like three times a year max because I'm just lazy like that but if I was streaming I would always like do a full face of makeup and make sure that I was wearing um, clothes that stood out against the background and didn't contrast and that my headset sat just right so that my hair looked it was all this stuff and again it's something that I put on myself that nobody demanded it of me, but I felt like I needed to do this as part of the performance. And maybe that's a way to think about it is, you know, you you are going onto a stage and you are you are performing for an audience. And so, you know, the the feel the, the feeling or the need to dress up and play that part I think is really powerful. And it, it got really stressful. I mean, I'll be honest, right now I am in my pajamas because this is radio. I'm in my pajamas. My hair is in a po- messy ponytail. Like I'm not wearing socks. I love this. <laughs> this is so much less stressful. And if if we were to do like a live headshots, which might be, you know, if we want to stream it on Mixer or, or something like that at some point, I might be down with. But I can guarantee you, I would not be sitting in my pajamas unless it was a pajama cast at which point I would find like my nicest pajamas and I would still do my face and my hair um so yeah again just kind of a, an example of things that get put on you or whether you put on yourself um when when yeah. you're performing put put on yourself is a good is a good um distinction because you know there's there's different ways to do it you don't have to be on camera you can be successful um to a point without necessarily being on camera you might need you know there's there's all these different things and and having enough money to I mean, honestly, like even even having the money to put on makeup, right, is a cost that could go <laughs> yeah. into it, right? Or yeah. having good lighting or having a good setup, right? I mean, some of the more popular streamers have like awesome overlays and using a green screen and everything is crisp. And but they didn't. Maybe they started out that way. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It's it's complicated. It's just like nobody starts any, that way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. People start that way. Absolutely. Especially Ooh. now. Uh, okay, streamers? well now, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thinking like, I, I remember a time before everybody had a green screen. I remember yeah. a time when you needed a capture card to stream. So I guess that's where my frame of reference is, is, you know, you had to not only be the personality on air, but then you had to know how to use, you know, complicated tech. I remember we had a, a we had our Xbox, but we also had a Mac. And there's recording software that isn't 
compatible between the two. So we had to find the right one that did that. And then if we wanted more than one person to cast with us, that was another piece of software that we had to buy and add in and integrate. And, you know, like you said, the overlays and the graphics and any kind of sound effects. And then if you want to add spice to your channel, like having yeah, emojis or emoticons, this is all stuff that costs money. And that doesn't even you know, approach having a high enough internet speed. Like I, I never really, I took for granted how fast our internet was when we were streaming. Um, because when we moved, we weren't streaming anymore. And so we're like, oh, I guess we don't need the super uber fast package. And now my download speed is pitiful and my upload speed is also pitiful. I mean, it's it's good for what I need to do, but there's no way I could stream on it. And the package that would require that is much more expensive. If, you, if someone decides to try to build a channel right now and they they have the money, like lots of people start like day one, they've got that green, you know, if you... If you want to look, if you want to do it how the, the the successful channels, right, all the streamers who who have many many viewers and and live off of that stuff, then you can start day one. Like you you need a capture card, you need things to look good, you need good lighting, you need all that stuff, right? And it's it's also it's kind of the 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 cost of doing business now on streaming. If you want to be big, right, you don't you don't have to start that way, but it that that is part of the pressure, right? Like if you're doing a stream and for example, if you use the PS4's basic functionality and you don't mess with anything and, and you go on Twitch, it has like your avatar in the top right with a black bar on the right and the chat coming through. And then you can stream that way. You stream that way. And then you go and you look at, at one of your favorite streamers and then it's it's completely different, right? Like nobody does it that way. Uh, there's a lot of pressure there to do it a particular way. But I don't... I guess the financial and the technical part is I would I would put that under under the mental health toll, right? Like I can't afford a capture card, so what am I gonna do? Right? Like like I use a capture card to stream because I wanna have an overlay, I wanna do the whole thing. I wanted to do it, you know, I wanna do the brand right, right? <laughs> I want it to look a particular way. So so I have invested in that, but if I if I couldn't, right? Or if I wanted a, a better setup, like that that can be very frustrating. And it can also be very frustrating if you put in, I don't know, you're like, I'm gonna do this because and and I and I've 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 read these stories, these these accounts on, online also, right? Someone's like, you know what, I'm quitting my job, I'm gonna become a streamer, and then you invest five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars in in a studio setup, right? Like you have everything that you need to to start streaming. You're like, I'm gonna do this all day, you buy a fancy chair, you do all that, and then and then nobody watches. Uh, or or nobody likes the content and nobody's following you. That's a whole other thing uh, that 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 starts to affect you. One of my good friends, uh, Green Skull, started out as a YouTuber and now he's doing more um, more content production like behind the scenes. But he did a lot of streaming on YouTube and he was on Twitch when it first started. And I remember he was having um, a hard time when he enjoyed um, podcast or uh, streaming Halo. And then when Destiny came out, he wanted to switch to Destiny and had a lot of frustration because his audience didn't want that. Like he was kind of done with Halo. He wanted to move on. He wanted to stream Destiny and he got so much pushback from his audience. So he, you know, tried to kind of make the transition a little bit smoother. But yeah, he felt like his own creative um, interests and growth were being almost thwarted by the people that he was relying on to kind of help pay the bills. And so that's just, I mean, that's just another dimension of all the millions. It's, it's an onion. There's so many layers yeah. of, of um, potential hardship. And so yeah. it's not really a surprise that, I mean, one, it's not a surprise that there's mental health issues because 
like half of the American population will at some point experience a mental health issue of some kind, um, you know, whether it's just a brief period of depression or, or something more serious. So, you know, you've, you're already rolling the dice there with that. And then you're putting people in stressful situations where, you know, their livelihoods might depend on it. And, you know, I think especially especially if you are a streamer who is not a a white male, <laughs> I, I think that also gets amplified. Uh, women obviously are targeted for different kinds of harassment and intense harassment uh, in the Twitch space. And unlike, you know, say in an online video game, you can't really... I mean, if you have a video camera on, people are, are gonna are gonna know. They're gonna figure it out. Um, so there's that. And then if you're if you're a guy who maybe is of a different race, if you're overweight, you know, if you're anything out of the what is the quote unquote ideal dude, you know, you're probably gonna face really horrific sexist or misogynistic or racist or classist kinds of remarks. And, you know, those, even if you brush them off, that that does take a toll and it does chip away at you. And if, so if you get enough, it can it can do damage. And even if you ban the person right away, I mean, the, the act still happened. So, and that's just a, another thing, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you are probably going to at some point get something really crappy coming back at you. Yeah, there's exceptions to everything that, that you just said, as, as always. And I think just the bigger the following you have, the more issues you're going to you're gonna come across. Like, there's always going to be somebody toxic. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter how ideal <laughs> your, you, you may look or, or your situation may be. It's hard, right? Toxicity happens, but mm-hmm. it happens more to people who are not the stereotyped ideal. I just <laughs> I have issues with any sort of generalization. That's why I, I pause. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna. As a woman who has streamed, I can tell you there is a special kind of harassment that happens when you are at least when you are not a dude. I cannot speak for being a dude. I cannot speak for being not white. But I can tell you that between when it's myself that was streaming and when my male colleagues would stream. There was definitely a different kind of harassment that happened, and it happened more frequently. So I will put that on my own anecdote, and I, I will own that. Yeah, and and like you said at the beginning, we would, you know, you want to hear from more streamers so you can get their stories. And Twitch has had these panels, and I've heard, you know, different accounts from from different people. But that isn't good research necessarily, right? We're we're just. We're, we're collecting stories and, and I'm very curious about the people who, you know, maybe stream and then don't go on a podcast and talk about it or don't go on a a, a blog and, and talk about their experience or then go, um, you know, on a panel and, and, and talk about it. There's it's hard. I mean, there's a there's a lot to to look at from the from the streamer side. Hey, I'd like to take a minute to tell you about Geek Therapy on Patreon. Headshots is a show on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network, and Geek Therapy is also on Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform where you can support some of your favorite creators, including us. For as little as $1 a month, you can support this podcast and gain access to early and exclusive videos, podcasts, and the GT Book Club by going to geektherapy.com slash Patreon. This month, we've been playing Oxenfree for the GT Book Club, and while we'll be reading a graphic novel next month, we'll definitely be playing more games on the book club in the future. We also have a special gamer tier with early access to Let's Plays and video essays. So to become a patron and for more information, visit geektherapy.com slash Patreon. Again, that's geektherapy.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The, the part that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the, what do you do when there's a situation that you, you can't handle or that you don't know how to handle 
where you want to help, for example, like you, you said, okay, so some people, they see themselves as being helpful. I think, I think it was Dr. Disrespect recently who won an award and he was talking about how much he helps his community and people who have like had, you know, come to the stream, like feeling really down and how he helps them. I don't know. I don't know how he's helping them. I don't know what, what he's doing and I don't know the degree to, to which um, people either want or, or need help. But uh, th- that Kotaku article that I mentioned earlier, it was sparked by a Reddit thread from, from someone who said she was moderating a, a Twitch stream. So, uh, right. So, so this is like part of the, part of the, the whole streaming thing. You, you can be the one streaming, but since you're playing a game, it's hard to also moderate your chat at the same time. So, um, hopefully you have some people who, in your community who, who you trust and can moderate the, the conversations happening. So she's moderating and she said that she was a, a health professional with a mental health first aid certificate, right? So she's not a mental health um, trained professional, but she's, she's got a little bit. She knows enough like to, to, to see warning signs, right? So someone comes on the stream and starts saying that they want to start an IRL stream and go shoot themselves or hang themselves. And so the way she handled it was that she, she went into a, a private conversation with a person and then use Twitch's feature to report it, to report self-harm. And then apparently Twitch immediately banned the person from the service. What? Yeah, apparently that's <laughs> the default of, of Twitch when you when you report someone for self-harm. So this whole conversation is, is really interesting because I'm, I'm assuming that what Twitch is doing is trying to eliminate any sort of responsibility, right? Or liability. Yeah, CYA is what their policy is, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then this person who was the moderator, she, again, she has a first aid, uh, mental health first aid certificate, right? She's Her mindset is, is one of wanting to help. So then she had to track the person down through other means, right? I think she found him on Instagram or something. She found him on social media and then was able to talk to the person and find out where they were. And and I don't remember the... the the results. I don't remember if she helped the person contact uh, local help because that's another thing. She was in Australia, and the other, she said the person was on the other side of the world. So I don't, I don't know where that was, but it's complicated, right? But when you're moderating a stream, you're not going in there like you. You aren't a crisis center, right? You aren't a suicide hotline. So, but you could be <laughs> in that position, you know. Like that's that's the thing that has scared um, me, and I've been trying to. Uh, I've been wanting to be more responsible about it. And we have someone, um, we have an, uh, someone at Geek Therapy who came to us because she wanted to do outreach and she wanted to reach out to, to YouTubers and streamers who might encounter, right, mental health issues from their audience and not know how to deal with it. And we've been talking for a while about coming up with, you know, resources to give them because I don't, I don't want us to be in a position where we're necessarily giving advice. I don't want to give advice at all, right? But definitely there are, like, if you're not a mental health professional, even even if you are, I don't think that's the place, right, on a live stream to be to be handling it. Like, what's, there's what's this thing called that? confidentiality. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's all this stuff. The window. Yeah, well, I mean, also like they're they're not necessarily your client, right? Like there there's all this stuff that just happened. Like you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, like, behind yeah, the yeah. scenes. Yeah, it's it's super complicated. Like a part of me is like, yeah, Twitch, I, I get it, just ban them. Like unless they have, unless Twitch itself has a kind of crisis support center built in where those things can get transferred or you have a deal with someone where, where these um, people can get transferred to then talk to somebody like, again, serving the same purpose as a crisis hotline, then this is falling on the streamer, right? Like streamers are, 
may not handle this responsibly. And and again, as a mental health professional with with uh, streaming with other mental health professionals, it still concerns me because in the heat of the moment, like you don't know what you might say or what you might do. And so how do you how do you deal with that? It's that worries me again as a mental health professional. I can't imagine what that's like for for other people. And it concerns me that some people aren't concerned and just jump right in. So first of all, I would be so bleeping mad if I was that person who reported the and and that person got banned. I would be so mad at Twitch. Like that to me is just gut-wrenching like betrayal of trust. Like I trusted you I used your system. I trusted you to do the right thing. And then you did like the worst possible thing that you could do uh, in terms of helping that person. I understand that it's covering your own behind. But dear God, I mean, if, if someone stood up in a Starbucks and said, hey, I'm going to hurt myself, Starbucks wouldn't just throw them out the door and ban them. Like that's not that's not how you uh, an ethical response to this kind of situation. And so I think there does need to be some really important conversations about how do you handle that at the at the company level, say like Twitch or Mixer, um, at the streamer level. I, I think that streamers should, one, I don't think they should be handing out advice. And to follow that up, I don't think mental health professionals should be handing out advice either uh, in terms of what to like trying to solve someone's problems. Because again, as Jose mentioned, there's so much else going on. There's so many ethical hurdles that you you should be considering. Um I think I'm okay with Twitch streamers as being like contact points. So if someone says, hey, I need help, I think Twitch streamers should be able to access something either through Twitch or have some kind of like ESA, I don't know, crisis line that they could at least connect the person to. Or, you know, make sure that every Twitch streamer has the the suicide hotline or the, the crisis text line, you know, something like that so that they, that it's not all on them because that's incredibly unfair even if you're a trained professional that's incredibly unfair to the person streaming like that's that's not your job and that is a a a weighty thing that i mean personally you have to be in the mental space to to do that so yeah that's definitely uh, another area that it it needs attention and again i'm I'm happy that people are willing to reach out and to say hey i'm hurt i'm in pain i need help you know that's an act of bravery there but it doesn't seem like there is a responsible uh, response that, or at least a, a one that is unified that people can feel confident in. So Twitch created a, a page called Twitch Cares Mental Health Support and Information. And it says, if you feel like you're struggling or you encountered someone you believe might self-harm or is suicidal, please contact law enforcement or a suicide hotline immediately. That's kind of the banner up top. And then it has a whole list of resources and an FAQ. And it's, I think... I think it's good. I think it's good. I've I've started posting it um, on our streams multiple times during a stream. So if anybody, you know, even if you haven't brought it up or you're you're you want some mental health information, maybe you came for some resources. I think that uh, that Twitch page is is good. I want to develop kind of our our own like uh, to supplement that. But really, I think I think that beyond providing resources, I don't know. I mean, a part of me thinks that. If streamers are handing out mental health advice or, or trying to get too involved and like trying to do counseling on a stream, I don't know. I think they should be banned. I think that's really, really irresponsible. I think that's dangerous. I'm, I'm going back and forth on, on all of this. And like these, these the ideas are I'm, I'm, I haven't settled on anything. But one thing that I added recently to the Twitch rules, to the to the chat rules for, for, for us is that, you know, nobody's giving advice. And if you ask for advice, if you ask for advice or if someone tries to give advice in the chat, because that, that's another possibility. You can't control what's happening in the chat. 
if you have hundreds of people on at the same time, like you can't even follow the chat sometimes, right? It's moving so fast. And so you could be streaming and have someone be suicidal on the stream and then have someone else trying to console them or even worse, like um, egging them on. And all that could be happening and you could barely notice because it's happening in the in the stream. Like all that stuff is, is just dangerous. I, I think... I don't think it's the place for it. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's irresponsible and too dangerous for, for it to happen there. Yeah. It, and again, it, it's kind of like weighing the harm because I feel like there's harm either way. If someone comes into the stream and says something like that, there's harm in trying to help. There's harm in trying in not doing anything. Uh, apparently there's harm if you tell Twitch because then Twitch will ban them. Like in, in my, I guess, ideal world, if someone came into a stream and they said that, I would want some kind of magic button that would instantly connect that person with a trained crisis counselor. And, yeah. and I think something else that's really important to think about is it doesn't have to be suicidality. I think we we default to that because that's pretty much the worst case scenario. And I don't know about you, Josue, but for most of the clinicians I know, that's like the worst case scenario. Like nobody nobody really wants to deal with suicidality. That's something that even trained professionals are like, oh, I really don't want to do this. It's terrifying. Because uh, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. that's exactly the word. It's terrifying. Um, but, you know, someone coming in and saying, yeah, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I haven't eaten in three days because I think I'm fat, you know, because they have some kind of body image or domestic you know, violence or domestic violence. Abuse, yeah. or, exactly. So there, there's stuff there where calling the authorities is not the right answer or even the suicide hotline is not the right answer. Um, and so I, I think while that's great that Twitch has that page, I, I feel like that's kind of the, the cheap way out. It's better than nothing, but I think they could do better. And I think we as gamers can do better um, to have these kinds of support groups. Like I would I would love if somebody invested in um, in like take this so that there could be uh, a a set of online game savvy counselors the same way that you can text the crisis text line that you would you would be able to reach out to um, them or, or some way to connect those two and that doesn't exist and you know take this as a nonprofit and things like that so you know if someone wanted to dump a bunch of money. Take this as an advocacy organization. Anxiety Gaming is an organization that actually provides services or connects you with services. And they have supportive... Oh, I didn't know about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've interviewed them twice, maybe, on the Geek Therapy podcast. For, for years, I tried to... So people would come to Geek Therapy looking for a, a therapist, right? A, a geek culture competent therapist. And it was hard to, to build that network. And then I found Anxiety Gaming, and that's what they do. They, they're a nonprofit that dedic- is dedicated to that, and they actually have contracts with counselors around the country and in different um and in different countries so and they're they're they come at it from a a gaming perspective so they are my go-to people that i send you know whenever anybody comes to me is looking for for help that's where i that's where i send them that that's the closest that i that i'm aware of of being able to connect to resources how do you get in contact with them because again i i mean i live in this space and i didn't even know they existed so how would how would somebody get in contact with them yeah anxietygaming.com and oh, okay. they have a well, few simple. different things uh, available. But one of the, the the one that I always promote is that if you reach out to them, they will help you find a therapist that the idea is that they are gaming competent, right? And like you identify as a gamer, so you want somebody who, who kind of speaks your language. And again, they've done a few other things. I actually um, talked to their founder about how for, for a long time, I wish that there was a, a crisis hotline, but that was there was also gaming. So maybe you would sign on to Xbox Live 
and you would want to play with some instead of calling 211 or calling a suicide hotline you would jump into a game of halo or peggle or anything that was you know you could do multiplayer and but simultaneously chat with someone who was a trained crisis um operator and they they told me about how they tried that and how it's just like logistically it's really really hard but there are people like like me like them who have who have thought about doing this and and I don't and Twitch is not that like having people who are who are not trained who are not there for that reason or even if they are there for that reason I don't think Twitch is the platform for that like you said there's confidentiality you're doing this stuff live there's just it's just too much Twitch Twitch wasn't built for that and I don't think Twitch is ever going to adapt to that just like just like most companies wouldn't even even when I stream I want to provide education I don't want we're not there to provide like it, it may be the geek therapy channel but it's not we're not there to provide therapy right it's 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 all educational and hopefully entertaining but you never know what people are looking for in one of my talks i usually open them with yes i am a therapist but i'm not your therapist so yeah <laughs> um it's kind of like a, a playful way to let people know that i'm i'm here to help and that i can direct you to resources but i am not like i am not your therapist um and so i i don't think we need twitch or any other streaming platform to take on the mantle of mental health. But I also think that there needs to be more than just a, a, a static page. You know, like, and, and again, in, in my ideal world, there would be like a handoff between, you know, say a streamer and a crisis counselor or a streamer and a Twitch person uh, who has the contacts to the crisis counselor. Like, so but I think there needs to be more of like a handoff. And and maybe that's my, my clinical background and my clinical training that, you know, if someone is presenting with self-harm or even something that's not even that elevated, but they are clearly in distress, like you don't just give them a sheet and tell them to call somebody. Like you you help walk them through that process. You 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 know, when I was in the VA, you literally took them from one, you know, office to the other to make sure that they were supported the entire way and that they were connected. And I understand that there are logistics and this is, you know, but this is Kelly's ideal world. And that's what it would look like to me is that, you know, it would be great for the streamer to know that this person is in good hands. Because I can't, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine how I would feel. Well, I can't because I had it happen in real life once where I, I reported somebody or rather in a stream, if I reported that this person is going to hurt, wants to hurt themselves, and I, I handed them off to somebody who I thought was going to take care of it and going to help, and then they just ended up banning the person, I would feel awful. I would I would be near like panic because yeah. like, oh my gosh, how do I track down that person? And how do I find them? And how do I make sure that they're okay? Because now, you know, I'm I'm in this and it's it's on me to to do this. Is it though? If you're on Twitch, that's 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 the part where I'm hung up on because I've been I've been a crisis uh, like I've, I worked at crisis hotlines and sometimes it happens when someone calls in and suddenly you get cut off and like you can't stop thinking about the, the person like you want to make sure like you didn't provide the resources you don't know or even like like th that's that's one of the worst uh cases right where suddenly you don't hear from the person they get cut off and and you're left wondering what happened but even when you when it's successful and you're able to get them connected to some other place or or provide them the resources there's no there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. It's the same thing as like I said before, you know, that um, dealing with suicidality is terrifying as a therapist. But at the same time, it, it's terrifying because you because you believe that the decisions that you make 
will will 100% affect the the outcome right what will are that the outcomes depend entirely on what you do and that isn't true and that's kind of hard to accept and and if you're coming on a stream right you're just you're just streaming griffball and it's and something like that happens like is is it on you are you the responsible party legally no i would yeah. say n- no but i mean me as as a person if that happened I would feel some kind of obligation. And again, it, it's probably something I'm putting on myself, but I would feel yeah. some kind of obligation to make sure that they are that they have been connected to someone or that they are in a safe place or or something like that just because I know me and I will worry. Yeah. You know, no one's yeah. no one's telling me that I have to worry, you know, ethically even as a as a psychologist. You know, this person is not my client. You know, it, I don't have any obligation to them in a professional or or legal sense. But as a human being, I would have very strong feelings about wanting to support them in that process. Yeah. And, and of course, we're speaking hypothetically now, right? There are streamers out there who actually deal with this all the time. So you can imagine the toll if, if that person is seeing themselves as responsible. That's why I can see people falling into the trap of starting to give advice, whether it's good or bad advice, right, on, on a stream, because you don't want to feel like you did nothing. You don't want to feel, you know, that there's a, there's a weight to that. And yeah, I mean, that's something that we put on ourselves. Like you said, legally, it's not, it's not our, our like, we're not responsible. But yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I would, I would love it if Twitch had a, a group dedicated to, again, that, that handoff that you're talking about, right? It's like their own small crisis center that has resources in different uh, countries so they can connect you uh, to places. But even, even then, that would end up being, it's like calling 211 or calling a, a, a hotline, right? Where you're, where you're being connected to resources and, and maybe, I don't know, like n- now we're talking about adding a large social work component to Twitch, which I'm all for. And if they want some, they, they need a consultant on that, hit me up. <laughs> I have ideas and, and experience in this area, but it's really hard because ultimately Twitch is going to decide to do whatever Twitch uh, decides to do. And it's inevitably, it's still going to fall on the streamers. And I don't know, I, I feel bad for, for viewers who, who come to a stream looking for something. And then, I don't know, like, I, it, it doesn't seem strange to me that someone would come to a geek therapy stream or, or a headshot stream and ask for resources, right? I'm, I'm happy to have a list available and, 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 and suggestions on, on places to go, right? And that to think that people are going to other streams for that. And I don't know, I think that's, a, that's probably not the best place to go. But if you're going looking for some sort of resources and not getting them, I don't know, it's, it, it's sad. So I do wish that there was like that Twitch cares um, page from from Twitch. I think it's I think it's way better than nothing. I think it's actually pretty good. Why why can't that come up automatically? Do I have to set up a bot in my Twitch stream for that thing to pop up? Do I have to trigger it with particular words in the chat? Like uh, maybe if Twitch kind of did that um, more on its own, I would be I'll be very very happy. Yeah, I I agree with all that. It's better than nothing. I just wish there was more. <laughs> And again, that, that is totally my bias as a, as a clinical person who thinks about this kind of stuff and who has faced this kind of stuff, not necessarily online, but, you know, in, in working with clients. And yeah. again, even even if you call a hotline, even if you call the police, right, like there's still there's still only so much like there are some cases in which definitely somebody is going to intervene. But a lot of this, I don't know, right? It's, it's about being supportive. It's about having resources. I don't know. It's complicated. I mean, I guess one last thing that I would I would want to talk about is when I worked in D.C. at a community mental health center. In that area was a really cool thing that called, um, I think it was Mobile Crisis. And it was like a step between the therapist and 
um, emergency services. So like you could call mobile crisis and they would come to wherever you were in the city, you know, to to talk with somebody. And they, they weren't the police. They they weren't um, anything like that. But they were they were people who were trained in mental health de-escalation. They had some basic uh, like medical training. So in case somebody started trying to like hurt themselves, they would be able to, you know, practice ethical restraint. Um, and they had the capacity to take somebody to the hospital. You know, they could load them into the car and take them to a hospital or a psychiatric unit if that's what was needed. But most of the time, they were just able to, to sit and talk with the person and talk them down and then take them someplace that would be helpful to them, whether that was a parent's house or a friend's house or, you know, the local Boys and Girls Club, somewhere where they felt safe. And I, I wish there was an internet version of that, even even beyond streaming. Um <laughs> I, I wish that existed. In the United States, uh, my understanding is that most states do not have a mobile crisis unit. So even even just that, which is amazing, I agree. Because when when I, I worked at a hotline, it was in Maryland, and, and we have those in this area. That's that's something that, that is still not, not available to a lot of people. Even sometimes you call the police and the police come in, like they don't, they don't know what they're doing regarding mental health, you know, and they don't receive training on that many times. It's complicated. Like I, I wish that we, we could fill in all the gaps, <laughs> but uh, we're a long ways away. I'm really curious about what it's like in other countries. If you live in another country and, and you have some sort of mobile crisis or things are just different, especially like by the nature of having a nationalized healthcare system or things like that, uh, I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. I I asked that the long and short is it's getting better but it still needs to be better. And if you are somebody who streams on Twitch and are interested in getting resources, hit us up. We are here to support you as well uh, in that way. If you are somebody who watches Twitch and sees stuff like this happening and you want resources that you could share with the chat um, to help people get help. Again, we are here to educate, to support, and make sure that the experience of streaming is as uh, unstressful uh, as possible. So uh, if we can be a resource to you, just let us know. Yeah, we actually have a questionnaire that we've been sending out to YouTubers and streamers. So I've, I've never put it on the show. So I think I'm going to put that in the show notes. So if you're a streamer, please fill that out and let us know kind of some of the things that maybe you've, you've dealt with or seen. Because we're, we're trying to develop, again, our own internal uh, resources, which I don't think will be, you know, too different from, from other places. But we want to make sure that we kind of cover it so, so that we feel comfortable also. And then definitely check out Anxiety Gaming. Check out Take This. They are – I'll put links to all these organizations in the, in the show notes as well. And – yeah, this is this has been a pretty robust conversation regarding streaming and, and mental health. I think. I think it was lovely. I remember <laughs> bringing this up to host waiting. He's like, "This is going to be super depressing." No, <laughs> it's going to be super hopeful. It's it's a little bit of both, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is life. So. Yeah. so I mentioned that we also stream. So that's uh, Twitch.tv/geektherapy. Uh, for more episodes of Headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com. We're at HeadshotsCast on Twitter. I'm Josue Cardona on Twitter. Kelly is Kelly and Dunlap on Twitter. Yeah, please reach out and we'll be back in two weeks. You've just listened to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy. 